passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody and welcome to the May 2022 edition of Post ProRes. I am John Pollock, reunited with WH Park. WH, it is great to chat with you. I feel it's been a while since you and I have uh, got to sit down and do one of these. Maybe two months, maybe. Wow, maybe it feels more? that's that's like five years in pro wrestling length. We've we've gone through many uh, championship uh, vacations. We have gone through. Uh, COVID issues, Booker regimes, um, mm. uh, un- unhappy top talent with uh, with promotions. We're going to cover the gamut on today's show. And and top and unhappiness with top uh, pro uh, pro pro res uh, podcasters. Just kidding. I'm there's the, you know the ebbs and flows of. Japanese pro wrestling, and I'm I'm here to follow all of it, John. Well, we we, we always we always know WH Park is is disgruntled at his core, but that is why everyone is uh, tuning in to get your thoughts on so many different uh, subjects. So uh, let's dive right into things. I wanted to start off. Uh, we'll, we'll make our way through everything. I I thought of just leading off with uh, Nosawa wrong guy, but I think we need to work up to that because I know I know that is what everyone is tuning in to hear about. But we will start off in New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, with Kota Bushi and. Uh, we, we've covered this on the Daily News Show. We're not going to go into all of the specifics uh, once again, but I sort of just wanted some of your thoughts, WH, on number one, the fact that uh, Kota Bushi went public with this and just sort of frame it for 
uh, the non-Japanese audience out there of just like, has, is this a bridge too far in your estimation that can this be, can these parties get back on track after this? Or is this just a bridge too far that you expect that they're going to eventually go their separate ways? I don't know. You can't say never in wrestling, John, either like he's going to stay or he's going to go. Um, I think for him to, to come back, like he had, they have to get rid of um, Mr. Kikuchi, the guy that he has his, the, the most contentious issues with relating back to when the guy was head of the merchandising department in New Japan. And then he got let go because of various things, including, you know, the unhappiness of Ibushi complaining to the Harold May office when, when Harold May was president of the company. And that, that could Ibushi went public with this, just got a lot of um, response with, I think within the, the, the pro community among wrestlers, because they look at Kota Ibushi and they think, Hey, you, can't be airing this kind of information or, you know, what they call dirty laundry out in the public like this. It's one thing if you have a beep with the guy, you want to say, I, I don't agree with you. I don't like the way you talk to me and things like that. But when you start talking about like people like having extramarital affairs, when you start talking, when you, you start talking about the Yakuza, it's, 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 it's really serious. And like, I can't imagine too many companies if he leaves New Japan that are going to risk having someone who has always kind of marched to the beat of his own drum. And if you ever look at the history of Kota Bushi and his career and like his personality, he is, he's a very unique person who has a very um, unique point of view about life and, and on pro wrestling. And if I'm the head of like, say for example, I'm the head of cyber fight and I see this guy saying all these things about New Japan and Bushiro. And he says, I want to come back to DDT. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I would think that there's like some hesitation. It's not immediate. Yes, we'll take you back for sure. I think there's like, okay, but can we trust this guy with any information? If they take him back, it's probably going to be very, you know, arm's length. Like, don't, don't talk, don't reveal too much to this guy. He can't know too much about our business because who knows what he'll say if he gets disgruntled with us. I think there, there is a definite possibility that he could repair the relationship with, with New Japan. It depends like how important Kikuchi is to the, you know, President Obari and the rest of the New Japan office and, and like how much support he would gain from like Kikuchi would gain from the rest of the, the locker room. There is, there seems to be, uh, according to like a report from Voice of Wrestling that there is like, there's half the, half the roster doesn't like him for various reasons. And then there's another half that, that does like him. That's, you know, very, very tight with him. And so it depends which side is stronger and how many people want Ibushi back in New Japan, because I would think that there's probably an element of the locker room in New Japan for wrestling that does not want Kota Ibushi coming back because he's, you know, like if he says this about, for example, Takamichi no and, and Taichi, what's he going to say about me? If he, he gets, has a problem with me down the line. So it, it's, it's an interesting, you know, like situation because like, I, I think it's it, apparently it stems from this appearance that that Kota Bushi did for you know the Just Tap Out promotion that was unauthorized by uh, by Kikuchi and the New Japan office, and but then there is seemingly this heat between Takamichi Noku and and Kota Bushi, and then like when did that that arise? Was it before? Because like Takamichi Noku is the head of Just Tap Out, so mm-hmm. is and, I, and I was always like- confused. And it's not like New Japan has no affiliation with Just Tap Out either. It's like they they have sent people there in the past. It's not like it's this 
promotion that we do, we do not touch or something like there is, um, you know, you do see like new Japan involvement every now and then. I, I think the thing that I get out of like, from all the information I've read about this is that, you know, Ibushi has like, just, you know, like a lot of issues with Kikuchi stemming from like, you know, monies he feels he was left out of with the, with the golden elite era of his career. And and then the way this guy comes back and like just the way I read it and what I can infer or what I do infer from this, mm-hmm. from the information I read is that the Kikuchi is like, you know, really taking it out on him as much as possible because he feels, it seems like maybe seemingly um, Ibushi got him fired in the first place. And then he finally come back, came back because of the influence of like certain people on the booking regime now. And, and then he's just like telling uh, Ibushi, you can't come back for you know the match with Shingo, but we want you buy it back by Dominion. But I'm not my shoulders not healed and all this other things that that have come to light. And it's it's really interesting in the sense like you know Ibushi going like leaving New Japan would open would and being available to become a roster member somewhere else is like okay. I mean he would boost like the image of any like just from a pure wrestling standpoint like boost the image of any roster he joined and but again like what are there companies that be like thinking twice because of like he's airing dirty laundry to the public yeah and that that's how um it's kind of curious because i think if we look at it from the the north american perspective um you know top end star that is on the outs with a company uh you would just be lining up if you are another promotion to grab this star and i'm just kind of curious like amongst other promotions that yeah in theory they they would love to have this person is this kind of a, a negative stigma of him um airing all the all of this dirty laundry and you know it does bring up a larger question about kotobushi who um just uh, this weekend he is going to turn 40 years old and kind of just uh downplayed in this story is the state of his shoulder like he's saying he can lift like 90 pounds right now and that he's like a fraction of a hundred percent of his health. And to me, like that shoulder injury occurred back in October is, you know, just the, the physical health uh, for Kota Bushi as well. And, and what a next stage of his career would look like if new Japan is not part of it. I don't know. I, I can see him, you know, like, the, the other thing is who can afford it. Like I would imagine like anywhere he goes, it's like, well, I if, if that's a factor, I don't, I don't think Japan is even an option at that point. And that, gets into the discussion of if Kotobushi is looking to go abroad and now you have, yeah, an AW in theory looks like a great landing spot, but they are in this, it's the highest the relationship has ever been with New Japan. It gets very yeah. tricky for uh, Kotobushi if he is looking elsewhere and money is a factor because I don't think he's going to see anything in Japan approximating uh, what a New Japan salary is going to get, provide for him. Well, I mean, the only one I could think of would be like going to, Pressing Noah or TDT because it's owned by Cyberfight and they have a lot more money. They're a bigger company than than Bushiroad is. But the thing is, it's like they're losing money. They're not make. They're losing money in Noah. They're losing that. I don't think you know if they're necessarily losing money on DDT, but they're not necessarily generating a lot of profit with DDT. Maybe to the from my understanding, and can they upset their their pay scale? Yes. What is your mark for the wrestling division of, you know, of cyber agent uh, yeah. that, that they are allocating for Noah that, um, yeah, I mean, that's it, it, it's like a fascinating dynamic at play that it seems to be, you know, things got very quiet this week. There has been no 
update regarding the status of Kota Bushi, which means, you know, he is as of now still with the company. And maybe there is the hope that this is um, cooler heads will prevail. I think for New Japan, it would be in their best interest. But maybe things have gone too far. Like I could see many companies that just I don't care how big of a star this is. This is, you know, untenable for us to uh, work with this individual a- any longer. If he went to Noah, John, he's too young to become a star there, by the way, <laughs> 40 years old. So. Well, in time, in time, he could be a, their prospect. Um, but anyway, that's it, it's a major story to follow, and um, and we will see what, what happens next with uh, Kota Bushi. Obviously, I think this uh, erases any hopes people may have had of when the G1 announcement comes. Um, like probably no Kota Bushi involved in this year's G1, which is a big hit to that tournament. I think if you were to go back to last October, I think most were expecting he'd be back by dome time in January. And here we are in May, and it's very likely he will he will not be back anytime soon. Yeah, I will say this, John. Like if, if he keeps talking about the, the Yakuza in relation to New Japan more, I think that's 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 it. Like that's it for him with that company, because you know, mentioning organized crime in relation to, to like a legitimate company has, is very dangerous. And people should realize, like, I think it was in 2012, like with Pressing Noah, they had, you know, there's a book released by one of their, their former roster members, June Ismita. And he, he alluded that there was a lot of like Yakuza ties with the company in the early 2000s. And it really, it killed their TV deal. It, it like made a lot of fans not want to go to their shows for a long time. Uh, a couple with like the, you know, the death of the and some, a lot of other mm-hmm. things. It, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. And like, I think a lot of people in Bushiro would be like looking at no, and also like pride fighting championship, like the, the, the ties that they allegedly had with the, with that was, that was the end 10. of pride. Like yeah. that, that lost their TV deal and in effect, like killed the company. So it, it's, it's, it's a serious thing. Like people might not, you know, put too much, oh, it's because he's like talking about people, you know, like the cheaters club or whatever he wants to call it. No, the more serious thing, if, if he keeps on talking about it is like, and that's going to like, just really, I think, you know, end the relationship with New Japan is if he keeps talking about organized crime in relation to, to New Japan for us, because they, they would take that very, very, very seriously. Uh, we're going to move on over. The best of the Super Juniors tournament has begun. And amazingly, after four shows, I am all caught up. I, I've caught all of the tournament matches uh, thus far, WH. Uh, after four days, we have uh, on the A block side, Ace Austin, Hiromu Takahashi, Alex Zane, and Taiji Shimori tied with four points, followed by Francesco Akira and Yo with two. And then at the bottom is Sho, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Clark Connors with none. On the B block side, Phantasmo and Desperado have four points apiece. Doki, Robbie Eagles, TJP, Wheeler, Yuta, and L. Lindemann, as well as Bushi with two points, and Teton and Master Watto uh, with zero. Have you followed any of the best of the Super Juniors? I've just watched day one, John. <laughs> um, my my interest in the in the initial announcement of like the, a lot of the the foreign talent coming in was like, oh, it really freshens things up. But then, as, as I'm watching this, sh- you know, the first show, and then I'm looking at some of the talent on like that, you know, that the, the established talent, the established Japanese talent who's who's been there for for the pandemic. I'm like, oh, I really have little to no interest in. Risuke Takuchi, I have little time just in El Phantasma, um, I, and some of these other people. Like, Hiromu Takahashi is like, I, he has great matches when he, when he's on, but as, as a character, I just feel he's kind of stagnant and I don't really find him so compelling 
anymore. So it's, it's not really something I'm, I get excited about, like after watching the first show. I, I will try to keep up because there are people in there that I really, whose work I've really, really been enjoying when I, when I catch them is that one is like El Desperado. I think such, such an unsung hero of like the of 2022 New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm very excited. He, he's got a lot of main events on, yeah. uh, in his block, uh, throughout. Like he may not be holding the title, but they are certainly positioning, uh, this, this tournament around Desperado is kind of like the guy along I, with Hiromu. I, very rightly so, I think, because like I, I imagine they're going to eventually move Hiromu back, like into the heavyweight division. And, and I think Desperado could probably join him there because he has the charisma and he could just, you know, you know, he doesn't need much to bulk up to, to, to be a legit heavyweight in, in that company. But I'm, I'm very excited about um, El Lindemann, one of my favorites right now. And just, you see him in the press conference, John? Oh, he, dude, his his speech was great. I mean, at amazing. the end. And then you had El Fantasmo. Come on, guys. That was a good promo. Uh, if you have not seen this, El, El Lindemann, and, and it's subtitled in the uh, the video I watched, just gets up there and he's talking about the fact I got turned down. They didn't even look at me when I tried to apply to the New Japan Dojo, and now they're inviting me into this tournament. Right. I'm representing everyone outside of New Japan, and this tournament, I'm putting a I'm putting a spotlight on all the great wrestling that's happening outside of New Japan. This world is not. This was such a WH Park promo that there's more to Japanese wrestling than New Japan, and I'm here to prove it. It was such a great speech that he gave. He's a great promo. If you just watch his stuff in other companies, like in Glead, he's just such so energetic and just a great talker, has a great tone. Um, I, I just love that he's like, El Desperado, thank you for talking about me all the time. And El Desperado's just like, this <laughs> is his way. He's just fantastic promo. But, you know, I got to say, they did him fucking dirty, John. They had him lose to fucking Dauki before yeah. his fucking G-Rex, like, title match against Shiga, Shigehiro Ire on the Glead show the next day. That's bullshit. Like, cause he, the next day well, he, he, he won today. Titan. He, he did beat Teton. So they he's, couldn't, uh... they couldn't flip that. Like <laughs> I, fucking bullshit. You know, you think New Japan doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. That fucking Dick Togo. He's a nefarious man. I have well, to say. I, I will say so far, like watching all the tournament matches so far, um, Wheeler Yuta, I think is going to have a really good tournament. El Lindemann, I think has stood out. I'm a huge fan of Robbie Eagles. I think he's just, he's a tremendous junior heavyweight and, uh, Clark Connors as well over in, uh, like in Japan now, um, get, getting that chance because he was really slowed down by the pandemic as well. They've got like an interesting mixture of names so far. I wouldn't say the tournament has produced like that. Man, go out of your way to see type of match yet, but it's it's all been like a pretty like consistent wrestling each day so far, and I think that there's a lot of interesting combinations to come. It runs until uh, June the third, and then presumably the winner will be challenging Taiji Shimori at Dominion. And I guess a lot of focus you mentioned about Hiromu potentially one day going up to the heavyweight division. Uh, since we last spoke, Kushida has left WWE, and most are expecting him back imminently in New Japan. Is that your expectation? And if so, will it be heavyweight Kushida coming back no, to New Japan Pro Wrestling? I don't think so. I think no. it'll be junior heavyweight Kushida because, like, I think the, you know, if they wanted to do that, they would have pushed him before he left as, as a way to keep him. Yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. That was one of the things he wanted to do. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I mean... I, I can't imagine. How, how interested are you in just Kushida right now? Like this, I, I think, like, let's be honest. It was to me, um, a failed run in WWE. And I don't think you can really, it, it just 
you know, sometimes you take a chance and you, you hope for the best. And he went at a time when he was hurt by injuries, number one, and then the brand completely changed. And he was like, it was just, it turned out to be key years of his career that were gone. And now he is coming back. Is he coming back a, a, as a diminished uh, property? Or do you feel that it's something that he will be able to uh, t- turn this around after, you know, what had to be several frustrating years for him? I, I think he can probably receive a very warm welcome from the Japan fans. And uh, if they handle his return right and, and, and push him like, you know, very heavily in the junior division, I, I personally would love to see him go somewhere else to freshen his career up. I, I think he's done everything he can in New Japan. I would love to see him in like, say all Japan. I think he'd be a great addition. And I can see like them saying, okay, he's a former WWE star, NXT star. And we'll, we'll, if you want to be heavyweight, you can be a heavyweight here. We like they push fucking Tajiri as a heavyweight. That guy's that guy's about as much of a heavyweight as I am, like a fucking like Rhodes Scholar. You know what I'm saying, John? So like, Kushida goes, I want to be a heavyweight, and New J- all Japan says, or you know, like, hey, come over here, we'll make you heavyweight, we'll push you like that. Like, that, I think that would be more far more interesting than him going back to to New Japan. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see because um, Dominion, you would think like we're going to get probably all the participants for the G1. It's a real easy way to introduce him because it, it would just seem like if, if he is coming back as a junior heavyweight, it's almost like, what's the point of doing it now? Like the, he's not in the, in the juniors tournament. Um, and then, and then you're into G1 season. So yeah, he's just going to be on undercards. We will see uh, the G1. Uh, they have put out all the dates. It starts July 16th. So we're back to the, uh, the summer months uh, with an August finish, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at WH's favorite venue in the, the heated months of August sumo hall. That's right. Which, the sweat box, the sweat box. So uh, what's uh, I mean, in theory, uh, they should hopefully have a bit of a replenished lineup, but uh I guess always temper expectations when it comes to what the, what the field is going to look like. But I, I would say I would imagine at least some AEW involvement here, and we will see if they get creative with, with any other, um, whether it be freelancers or anything else. But I, I have learned over the years that wild creative ideas, let's rein them in and uh, – Maybe what will get a f- at least a little bit of new blood. And if anything, I do feel like New Japan Strong, that talent would also be like a breath of fresh air in some of these blocks. Like, I don't need to ever see Yujiro in the G1 ever again. So I- I'm more than happy if we can get some, get, get, get some new blood into the G1. I, I would assume that if it's agreeable with AEW that, that John Moxley is campaigning to, to go into the G1 again. I'm sure he would, he would love to do it. Um, I would imagine Brian Danielson is another person who would love to finally have it on his resume that I did a G1. And I, you know, like, and I think either of those guys would go very far. I don't know if they would make the, the finals, but I think they'd be like, you know, within the top, the final four of, of, of the tournament going through. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I'm worried about certain like names being announced just because like I have no interest in watching them and it would diminish my my enjoyment of possibly watching the G1 but I I hope there's a lot of fresh talent within Japan that comes in like if they want to pursue this relationship with Glee for example bring in some of those guys like they're they're fucking great John like you know like I'm not talking about Elinaman like he's not going to be in the G1 even though he's 
the top guy in, in Glee. He's their champion. But I don't know about like T-Hawk. I'm talking about like Takanori Ito. People like that. I, I, I have heard that this match, uh, that just took place on their, their show yesterday with, uh, Hiroki Goto and Hiato Tamura was yeah. phenomenal. Uh, I've not seen the match yet, but I mean, uh, can you talk at all about, uh, Hiato Tamura? Have you seen much of him? Yeah, it's just, I've seen a bit. Um, he's like one of the, the really push guys in Glee and, uh-huh. and rightly so, cause he's just like, he has like so much going for him. Charismatic. He's a good wrestler. Um, amazing physical presence. Um, if he was in the G1, I think he would turn a lot of heads and, and get people on board with not only with him, but with like in general, which would be the point of, of sending like him to the G1. Even if he doesn't like gain a lot, win a lot of matches or gain a lot of points, I don't think they would drop him out like instead, like, uh, you know, like be insulting the company by, by just dropping him out and getting zero points. I think he gets some key wins here and there. Um, but yeah, like Tamara is like just someone along with like Ito and, and so many of their other guys like Kawakami and, and T-Hawk are just like guys who work in that company that are like people should go out and, and seek out. Like the great thing about Glee is like, no pun intended, is is that it's all on YouTube. It's free. <laughs> you know, you can just catch their shows archived or live. Um, and it's just so easy to watch. And they do actually try to like cater to a Western audience to some degree by trying to subtitle some stuff here and there. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's very easy to follow that like if you if you don't want to pay for another subscription service, which I, I I'm sure is taxing on a lot of people out there, it's it's all on YouTube for the moment for for free, and and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon unless they become a bigger company and they think okay we can actually monetize this by creating our own streaming service. But it's all on YouTube. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really easy to follow product if if you're if you're looking for it, and you know you getting like the odd uh, crossover now with, with new Japan and uh, Lindemann. I mean, he's doing the tournament and then he's headlining this show as well. This guy's all over the place. He's awesome. John, I, let me say, I'm uh this, you know, L Lindemann promo of the year, wrestling <laughs> of the year, possibly, you know, I mean, he had a great like final couple of matches to get that title. So, yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Uh, we fast forward. Uh, Dominion is going to be on June the 12th. And then after that is the, the Forbidden Door show. Everyone's favorite title of a, of a card. June the 26th in Chicago at the United Center. They have opened up more tickets for the show. It is, uh, were you re- surprised at all to the, uh, the response when it came to tickets at the United Center? No. That the demand for the show was going to be so high. No, because I did try to get tickets, John. I was, hey. me, me and Mike Murray. We're trying to get tickets, and then we we secured a pre-code, a pre-sale code that did not end up working, probably because oh. Tony heard that I got this code, and he fucked me. Wow. How about now? Are you, are you going to continue to try, or are you – no. the, door, the door has been locked? I said to I said to Mike, he was like, you know what? I'm going to get the best seat in the house, your couch, and we're going to order food. Or he's going to maybe make some barbecue. Oh, well, that, that's not a bad second not, option. No, he's very good at the barbecue. So, all right. I, I will, I will have to take him up on that uh, at some point. Uh, let's move on over to, uh, pro wrestling Noah, the state of Noah. Uh, so since we have last uh, spoken, Nosawa Rongai is out as Booker, Kendo Kashin in, um, <laughs> WH, what is going on in Noah? I can just, that's the most open ended question. Uh, and, and is this a good move, book, booking wise? I mean, you have been very outspoken about Nosawa Rongai. Um, do, do you have any idea about Kendo Kashin having any more success or any kind of uh, historical reference of Kendo Kashin's style that might be implemented? All you need to know about Kendo Kashin as the new booker of Pressing Noah is that he is, you know, he has the same origins as Fujita, as Mudo, as all these fucking Inoki Genome Federation fucks, and it's not, it's just gonna be more of the same. It might, I, you know what? I can't believe I'm saying this, John. It might actually be worse because Wrong Guy was just a spineless mark and just like did, yes, yes, Mr. Muto, I, I will put you over, no problem. Mr. Fia, you don't want a job to Nakajima or anyone else? Sure, no problem. Where, where Kendo Cash is like, hey, who wants to be the GHC champion? Mudo, do you want to be the GFC champion this month? And then, you know, we'll give it to Fujita the, the month after. Hey, how about Goshizaki? I, I'm not friends with that guy. How about Nakajima? I'm not friends with that guy. So, no, I, I really think it's like, what, what do they call it, John? A lateral move? This is a lateral move. Might actually even be fucking worse, which is hard to believe. But, you know, time will tell. Like, because, like, Fujita and Mudo, both are coming back. And, and for all you trueborn Noah fans who have been with the company for a long time, and love all your trueborns and people who've been loyal to this company. I hate to tell you this. I truly do. I don't take any joy in saying any of this, John. I really don't. But your favorites are going to get royally screwed by Kendo Kashin. Mark my words. And usually, when it comes to wrestling Noah and the booking, I'm usually right. So, But with, with Nosawa, it apparently was just like, they, you know, Cyberfight took a look at the books and said, hey, What's going on with all this, all these like dudes you're, you're booking? What's with this all junior show at Super Hall? <laughs> you know, and then I, my favorite part of this whole story, John, is that he went after he was like not renewed. He was fired. After he was not renewed, he said, I'm going to start a new all lucha promotion and I've already got a money mark for it. And you know, if that's true, John, I hope it succeeds because that means he's probably not going to book any promotion that I want to watch. Well, uh, Kazuki Fujita, 
vacated the title after coming down with COVID. And now they had set up Koshi Ozaki, who has now once again become the GHC champion, defeating Kaito Kiyomiya, this poor guy who just can't catch a break. But they did have uh, a hell of a match together. And uh, going into the summer, it looks like a lot is going to be structured around uh, the return of Keiji Muto, who is back this weekend, teaming with Marfuji. And the incoming Satoshi Kojima, who seems to be the uh, the new toy at Pro Wrestling Noah, he is going to be the one challenging Goshi Ozaki on June 12th at the Cyber Fight Festival. Um, do you like Satoshi Kojima in this um, in this new light? And what does Kojima add to Noah at this stage? I think it's a good move for the most part because I think Kojima is one of those guys of his generation that can still go. Um, he, he didn't really do much recently in new Japan to, and to that extent, he hasn't really accumulated any like new injuries or anything like that. Um, so I, I, I've always liked Kojima. So I loved it when he was in all Japan. I, I, I loved it when he went back to new Japan. Uh, I think this is really a fresh, you know, like like Nagata, like they have shown, like when they are called upon, these guys can go, uh, yeah. you know, not not at their their prime, but I have no issue that Kojima and Go should have a tremendous match. And I mean, if if the other option was just multi man tags underneath on New Japan, like I, I think Kojima will be someone that can, can at least um, hang with these other guys and fits in in, in a logical uh, way. On top of this, this is also. The reunion of Muto, Kojima, and Kendo Kashin, the uh, the three that that famously exited to yeah. join All Japan twenty years ago. Yeah, and ironically to escape the Nokiaism, John. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, everything now. Now they're part of around. now. Now at least for uh, you know Kendo Kashin, Muto, they're all part of the the Nokiaism movement in in pro wrestling. No, but with Kojima, I I think. What's great about this match with Goshizaki is that both guys are heavily influenced by Kendo Kobashi. Both use the Lariat as a finisher, uh, as a big move, and and I'm excited about this match. I think I think it's very likely. Um, I'm not gonna say it's 100 guaranteed, but I think it's very likely Kojima will will win. I think you know very it's very likely Kendo Kashi, uh, yeah, Kojima will you know be part of that grand slam of IWGP champion, triple crown champion and GHC headweight champion that uh, it's him, Muto, uh, Sasaki and Takayama are the like, so right now it's only Muto, Takayama and, and uh, Kensuke Sasaki. I think Kojima is going to join that club and uh, it'll, it'll be, you know, a nice, you know, um, exclamation point on his, on a great career if that has happened. And, and I'm, I'm for it because I do think it's the plan is probably, um, you know, M- Mudo was recently just said like, you know, on this, you know, maybe I just sneak in and get the pin on go and jump ahead of like Kojima to get the title match, which to me, I think he's just trolling all his detractors and hey, more power to him for if he wants to, if he wants to do that. But I think there's some <laughs> kernel of possibility that, that he could do that. But I think the the match they want to do is Muto versus uh, Kojima for that mm-hmm. GAC title, and then if not, if probably more like more than likely than not that it's going to be Muto versus Fujita with for, with Muto being the champion down the line because insanely they they think that's going to be a money drawing match. It's not going to be. So yeah, it's yeah, it, it it's it's very interesting. Like it is. I don't discount that 
nostalgia can work in very small bursts, but when it becomes the focus and this very much feels like it is the focus, I think the proof is in the pudding. And when you look at what I would deem as the core of Noah at this moment, and I'm looking at Goshi Ozaki, Katsuyuka Nakajima, Keno, and, and, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya as well. You, you could, uh, certainly include him in there and it just seems the four of those like what is your confidence in how they are going to navigate the rest of this year 2023 like is this going to be like i i've seen with kiyomiya and it just seems he is on very tenuous ground because there was the long time where his time is coming his time is coming and i feel we're right in the midst of what should be his time and it was greatly compromised by the mudo program and i just don't know where he is going to fit in all of this it does feel like those four seem to be like they are they are in a company that has drastically changed around them over the last year yeah i like shizaki i don't think he's going anywhere i think he's pretty much going to retire in pro wrestling no and like considering like the, you know, the accumulation of injuries, especially his shoulder, like, like, I don't think he has much time left in, in, in ring, you know, and I hate to say that because I really think he's a great wrestler, but, you know, reality is, is that like he, 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 he stops, he still does the chops, which don't help that shoulder. Um, but with Kiyomiya, like, there's a lot of unrest in, in from what I understand in, in, in pro wrestling, Noah, like among the guys who are like what we call true borns, uh, and people have been loyal with the company for a long time. My my feeling is that like if you know Kimia doesn't get the push, like and it's a sustained push, not just like okay, you're going to be a transition champ to one of you know Rangai or Kendokashin's you know buddies, then I can I, if I'm him, I'm leaving. I, or I say to Cyberfy, hey, transfer me to DDT then. At least let me wrestle there, like. You know, I, I, because company loyalty only goes so far because this company doesn't re- necessarily resemble the company that he joined when he was a uh, when he you know when when he first got into the dojo, and like guys like Keno and Nakajima aren't trueborns. Like I can see them like you know pulling up their stakes and going somewhere else, and if they end up taking all of Congo with them, that that that's great for another company. Like, I, I kind of think, like, the possibility of what happened with burning, you know, Goshizaki, Akiyama, uh, 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 Aoki, you know, Kanemaru, and Suzuki, like, they just, they didn't like how Noah was treating Kenikobashi, so they, they didn't renew their contracts, and they just, they jumped to all Japan. I can see Kongo, like, like Nakajima especially, just saying, I don't want anything to do with this company anymore. You guys don't respect me. You don't respect the, the contributions I've made to this company. And like him, and he can go anywhere, John, he can go to new Japan and they'll push him. He can go to all Japan, like anywhere. And they will push him like the star that he is. And he's been doing this for a long time. And, and he's made himself a star, like out of the shadow of his mentor, Kinsuke Sasaki. So, and I can see Keno, Keno leaving too, because he's not an, Noah guy, he came in from you know Michinoku Pro, so we'll see. I think it's it's really fascinating to see like where some of these guys who were getting a push and not not getting a sustained push anymore, where what they're going to do like when contract time is come comes up. Yeah, and what 
available spots are out there as well. Like you've got a pretty bloated uh, New Japan as well, where I mean they they now have you know the potential of uh, foreigners coming coming back as well. Um, it's just it's a very interesting time in Noah, and Noah is is loading up on a lot of foreigners too. Some that will be part of the Cyber Fight Festival. Uh, we won't go through this 14 match card uh, headlined by Shiozaki and Kojima. Uh, you've also got Keno against Daisuke Sasaki. Uh, the Princess of Princess Championship will be defended by Shoko Nakajima against Yuka Sakazaki, and then Tetsuya Endo, Junakiyama, and Kazusada Haguchi taking on Naomichimar Fuji, Atsushi Katoge, and Yoshiki Inamura. And Rob Van Dam, the person that you have told me privately, that, that was the missing piece. Uh, Rob Van Dam in Noah with Hayata and Yoshinari Ogawa taking on Kaito Kiyomiya, Daisuke Harada and Yohei. Um, those are your, your top four matches. Um, a very deep card in year two of the Cyber Fight Festival. Do you think it has accomplished what it has attempted to? Um, what? Like this is, yeah. this is like their big signature card of the year that yeah. they, that they have tried to make it with the, their I, multiple companies. I got to think that this is going to do really well, John. Like, I think mm-hmm. it'll probably get a great attendance figure at the box office. But I, I got to say, like, the, 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 you know, three of the top four matches, you know, you know, like, um, I don't really give a shit about Daisuke Sasaki. So, like, Keno can light his boot on fire again and, and set the dude on fire for all I care. Um, but, you know, match 11, burning Endo and Akiyama and Higuchi taking on Marafuji, Kotoge, and Inamura. That's the one I'm looking forward to, John. Like, that looks awesome I, on paper. Like, like Higuchi, I love this guy. Like, I'm not a big DDT watcher, but whenever I see uh, Kasasada Higuchi, he's so awesome. He should be a Noah, like, more than DDT, because, like, I think his future is more as, like, a, you know, straight, serious wrestler. But, like, any interaction he's going to have with Inamura, like, two beefy guys just beating the shit out of each other, I, I'm all for that. So, like, I'm very much looking forward to that. And, and, and the main event, I think if I was in Japan still, John, I would probably go to the show if I could. And we'll move on to a stardom. They have got their five-star Grand Prix starting on June the 4th. It's going to be a 26-person field this year. And they have announced most of the names uh, that are going to be involved in this. And then they will still have uh, a couple of spots and a mystery entrant that will be part of it. Uh, but you've got... Mayu Iwatani, Koguma, Hazuki, and Hanan representing stars. Azumi, Otami, and Saya Kamatani from Queen's Quest. And then Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, Julia, Micah, Meika, Natsupoi, Thekla, Tam Nakano, Unagi Sayaka, Mina Shirakawa, Shuri, Mirai, Risa Siri, Suzu Suzuki, and then the rest are going to be determined over the next couple of days in a bunch of uh, qualifying matches. Um, what do you think about the tournament? And do you like the uh, the expanded field uh, this year? What's your level of interest for the Grand Prix? I, I I feel that you know with the expanded field that they're really trying to make this you know very much now truly the G one of stardom. Like um, so, just making it bigger and and more con- involving not only like pretty much almost all the top stars in the company, but also like, you know, people from prominence, like Suzu Suzuki, I'm very high on, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not a huge deathmatch wrestler, but I think she's such a talented wrestler in general who happens to do deathmatches. Like she's just got so much charisma as well. So I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how well she does in the five-star Grand Prix, but also like Risa Sarah, she's also from prominence. Um, she, I don't think she'll, go very far, but I think she'll have some really good matches with, with people in her block. Um, and I'm very interested in this, John. I, I, I still think, you know, stardom is the best 
booked company in all of professional wrestling, you know, top to bottom. And like, and they think they're really doing really well with Shuri on top and just like the recent golden week stuff with like Konami coming back to be member of God's eye. And I, I like this new, this new faction that Shuri's created. I think it freshens things up. How about the name? Is it a, is it a buy or sell? Do you like God's eye? I like it. It's, mm-hmm. it's unique. And like, you know, like I can't remember exactly the, the, the explanation for it right now, but like, yeah, sure. Why not? It's like, it's it's no better or worse than like you know like Donna Del Mundo or or you know Cosmic Angels or anything like that. I think it's it's really cool. It's better than the you know like the shit I have to sometimes deal with like watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, so this this is like to me like I think if they can get a lot of people coming to their shows for this, and I imagine like they're gonna do very very well on this tour. Like that, they're they're gonna expand it even more in the sense of like what what kind of venues they run next year. I think this is the test of like, can we expand this to to maybe run or like bigger arenas in, in the future, and maybe what can we do for the finals? Like, depends on who you get for like your A block winner, your B block winner, and things like that. And I think they really want to replicate the success of the G one that you know that that New Japan has every year with with the Five Star Grand Prix with with stardom it's it's it is interesting that it's like you know like it's they're both in the summer now and it really tests yeah. the limits of like if you're you know if i don't know, like there's any things such that exists like a bushy road wrestling fan i think you're either you can be a fan of both stardom and, and new japan pro wrestling but you got to make a choice sometimes with like which show you want to order on on streaming or which one you want to buy tickets to and travel to, to, to go to. For me, it would always be like, if I was there, I'd be like, I'd start them over New Japan easily. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a lot when, when it's, uh, they're kind of stacked on, on top of one another. Um, they, they've also got their flashing champions card at the end of this month on the 28th. And that will feature Shuri and Risa Sarah in a no count out knockout and submission match. For the World of Stardom Championship, um, a pretty loaded card here that they have. Uh, Saya Kamatani defending the Wonder of Stardom title against Mirai. Azumi against Thekla for the High Speed Championship, uh, among the, uh, the top matches. And, uh, Karen Peterson will be doing, actually, she's going to be very busy over the next, uh, couple of weeks because we've got the Hanakamura tribute show on Monday, uh, that's going to be streaming. She'll have a report on that as well as this, uh, flashing champions card. It's, uh, when it comes to stardom and you mentioned like bigger venues, do you think that stardom will be looking and, and do you think it could be successful with this higher profile they've acquired of the idea of running any shows in the US? Or do you think that is too ambitious for what stardom should be looking at as their core business being in Japan? I, I think they should just focus on, you know, running like New Japan level buildings. Like, you know, I'm talking about Edeon Arena in Osaka, I'm talking about like Otis, you know, Otis City War Gymnasium. I'm talking about, you know, y- Yokohama, Budokan, things like that. That's like, keep, keep what you're doing in Japan. Like just build it and build it to, to the point where I don't know like what the demand is in, in the United States for, for stardom, to be honest with you. Like I really, I really don't like, I, I still think there's like a barrier against women's wrestling, uh, all like all women's wrestling in the United States. And I think this would do well in like, you know, I don't know, like what kind of lineup, like venue size, maybe like thousand people, 2000 people, maybe like, I don't think anything bigger than that. And, and that might be a good way to test the market, but it, it's something I think 
focus on building your, your business into getting more into bigger buildings and getting a higher profile in Japan. And then everything else will, will come later. And if you can send people to, to like different promotions to have, you know, feature matches on like a ring of honor card or AW card or something like that, that's great. And then gauge interest from there. Uh, we mentioned the, the Hana Kimura tribute show. That's on Monday. There's also going to be a, uh, a benefit show for Shinjiro Otani coming up on June the 4th. Uh, and that's going to feature, uh, Takashi Sugiura defending the 0-1 championship against Masato Tanaka. I don't think we've talked about, the, um, since the, the Otani injury, but I mean, I, I talked about when the injury happened. Like he was among my very first, like, favorites when it came to looking at those, those 90s, uh, junior heavyweights, uh, a lot of the tapes that you introduced me to as well. It's just such a tragic story involving Otani. And unfortunately, there's really been no update in term, in terms of any, any progress. He remains paralyzed. And on top of it, as, as we have seen with like Takayama, um, Mounting medical costs as well are a reality uh, for 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 these performers as well. So there's a lot of like you know fundraising efforts. There's like a special T-shirt that you can right. um, get. I think I tweeted it out, but um, you know to to and proceeds go towards you know Shinjiro Tani's medical bills. There's this benefit show, and I you know I don't know like you know the, you don't hear too much about benefits shows for for Takayama recently probably mainly because of the pandemic mm-hmm. but you would hope that you know helping him out still is is a priority for for people in the Japanese professional wrestling scene but also like you know helping out Shinjiro Tani and I definitely think like Zero One his his own promotion are going to do everything that they can to try to you know hold benefit shows and and I would imagine like to some degree like Pro Wrestling Noah is also going to be like yeah we're going to do as much as we can to help out because, and, and, this, and there's no blame in this. This is, that was like a freak accident that, 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 uh, that, that injury, but like Takashi Sugiera, you know, like I would imagine like anything he can do, he's going to try to help raise money. And, and from my understanding, like, like, you know, watching the, the match where him and um, Hideki Suzuki lost the GHC tag titles to Randy Pri and Dr. Wagner Jr. Jr. It, he looked like he was just like, you know, like it's been weighing on him. So like, I sure. hope he's okay. I really hope he's okay as well. And, and like, he's not, uh, you know, too, too mentally distressed about it. You know, like that, you worry about situations like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's very well said. Uh, the final thing we're going to touch on is, uh, DDT's Konosuke Takeshita is over here in the U S. Did you get to see his match on, on dynamite this week or not? yet? I did not, but I've been seeing like a lot of like, um, clips and and stuff on twitter and it was like okay yeah i i i'm like i said i'm not a huge ddt fan but like kurosuke takashita is like one of those guys like if i was going to get into ddt he'd probably be my gateway my entry point of 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 someone i would follow very closely in ddt he's such a great wrestler and it's amazing like that he's getting this shot like he he started off with in the united states with with pwg because he was a big fan, apparently, and that was a big dream for him to, to, to wrestle for PWG. Uh, we'll probably see that match in about, like, six months' time from now, right? With the, give or take. Schedule, yeah. Give or take. Um, but, yeah, that he got the shot. And, 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 listen, he got the shot because of Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa, right? Because they're DDT dudes. And, and like, if Tony Khan does not, like, make some kind of, like, you know, deal with DDT to bring him in, not, like, full-time, but regularly for big shows, for big angles and stuff like that, then... I don't know what, what Tony's doing, you know, besides like screwing me out of tickets for forbidden door. Come on, Tony. Come on, Tony. But like, yeah, I think, 
you know, he like he opened a lot of eyes. Apparently, like just the the. I, I think I you'd really dig this match, WH. Like to me, it was a real star making performance uh, by for, for Takeshita, and uh, you know they got it was about twelve minutes, but man, it was. You know, we, we see so much incredible wrestling on a weekly basis that sometimes it's really hard for a match to have a performer breakthrough with. But th- this was every bit, uh, you could not ask for to me uh, a better performance out of, out of the two of them. And it's, it's just hopefully uh, carved out a spot for him in AEW. It is so cluttered there with talent that sometimes you can have a great performance. And then if you don't see someone for four weeks, you lose some of that. So hopefully he's, he's figured into some plans and obviously earmarked for the U S for, for the time being. So he's over here for a long time, but this, you know, he had had a few matches on elevation and such and one on rampage, but this was the real coming out party for him on Wednesday night. I can imagine there's like a ton of people on that roster just like saying i want to match with this guy i want to match with him on, on tv like, yeah you know like your 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 usual stuff probably like danielson and like moxley are probably like yeah i want to wrestle this guy he's awesome it's 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 amazing when you, you look at you know you drop it to cash that into that roster and then you just look up and down the list of just matches you can just throw out there on television uh next week and it would be it would be really novel now coming off this performance uh, on on Wednesday night. Uh, but there you go. We are all up to date now. You are all set. And uh, I want to uh, I want to recommend to everyone the most recent edition of the long and winding Royal Road where WH and Benno, who was able to get through the forbidden door, I understand. That's right. Uh, yes. Well, uh, he's, he's not the forbidden door. I think he's going to double, double or nothing. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm mixing up my shows now. Uh, yes. Double or nothing. Benno or nothing. And, uh, you two recently discussed the Stan Hansen Vader match, a perfect, uh, perfect Saturday morning viewing. If you're, uh, if you're getting up with your coffee to watch, uh, those two go at it. A tremendous breakdown of this match from February of 1990 at the Tokyo Dome when, uh, it truly was a forbidden door between New Japan and All Japan. And they made yeah. this, this, uh, this match come together. Yeah. The, you know, the, the backstory of like all Japan sending talent to this, this show for New Japan at the Tokyo Pretty much to save the show, right? Like, yeah. It, so and then and then you know I think was, I can't remember the timeline. I think like later they did the the show New Japan All Japan and the WWF. Of course, you know? <laughs> yes. I think that's the one Tenru versus Randy Savage. That's it's, right. Yes. Just what a, I haven't seen that match in a long time, but just thinking about that, it's like. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's a fun. It was a, I had a great time talking with Benno, and uh, you know it's a great match. Like, and it's really interesting because like to, to work around the eye injury. Like literally, Stan Hansen knocks Vader's eye out in this match, and it's it's not for the squeamish. I would I would just warn you. No, this this is time. a graphic match. It's it if your stomach your stomach will turn watching this, but it's it's very violent, but it's also got that violent yet compelling aspect to it. But it's 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 fascinating how they work around it. Like yes, how like you know like obviously this is the point where. Vader is like telling Stan Hansen, hey, you knocked my eye out. Okay, let's do a rest spot. <laughs> let's do an arm bar hold. And because it's, it's really weird, but then you realize, ah, that's this is what happened. But it, uh, yeah, check it out. It's a really fun. And, and, uh, you know, next month, John, I, I, I have my, my next guest lined up and it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, we're building up, you know, Eddie Kingston, Benno. But the true main event for, for this year's uh, episodes is, is you, John Pollock. You're going to be on the long oh, road, road next month. And, and it's, it's your first time. That is, that is true. Uh, do you want to share the match that we are going to be discussing? 
We're going to talk about uh, my, my memories of June 9th, 1996. Kenneko Mitsuhara Misawa versus Akira Tawe and Toshiaki Kawada. Uh, did I get my date right, John? Uh, I think it was... N- I, th- I think you're right. I'm pulling up... Uh, I'm looking this up right now. June 9th. 95 or 96? 96? I said 96. Is I off by a year? I think it's 96. I, th- I, th- I think you got it. I-, I pulled up the match here. It does not have it a date. Is, it's considered by many, John, to be the greatest... It, it was 95. J- June 9th, 1995. Masawa and Kobashi against Kawada and Tawe. Yes. It is considered by many to be the greatest tag match of all time. And some even consider it the greatest pro wrestling match of all time. And, and if you see this match, you will, you'll at least, at the very least think, man, the, it's the most, one of the most emotional matches you will ever see. Like Kenna Kobashi trying to save the life of Mitsuhara Masawa from from being mugged by Kawada and Tawe in this match is I don't know if that's gonna it's like watching Up from Pixar for me it's like the equivalent like I cried at the beginning of Up you know I almost cried during like when Kobashi hey we'll, we'll talk about this you and I we're gonna we're gonna break down this match and and talk about the background and and like the history of the the Holy Demon Holy Demon Army and the Super Generation Army and it. Uh, I, I don't know, like, John, we'll save your opinion about this match for, for, for that show. But, like, as people might already guess, I, it's okay if I say it, but I fucking love this match. I think it's it's probably my favorite tag match, you know, of all time. It, it's just four masters of wrestling just at their peak, just tearing tearing it apart in, in Budokan Hall, so... Well, I'm excited to chat more about this match with you. That'll be on next month's edition of the Long and Winding Royal Road. So you can find that uh, on the Post Wrestling feed or you can go to YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. Check out the most latest edition from this past weekend with WH and Benno going through Stan Hansen and Vader from February of 1990. And subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. And that is going to uh, wind things down for Post Pro Res. So thanks to everybody for joining. And we will speak with you next month. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.